Hello and welcome to the Women's Workshop podcast. Um, I'm Ella, the founder of the Women's Workshop, and this is my co-host and partner, Imi. Hello, I'm Imi. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you will see that we've got some beautiful backgrounds set up on Zoom just to add that little extra pizzazz to our podcast. So hope you're enjoying it. Mine is glitching a little bit and does appear to think that my face is my wall. You look like a tree person. You know what? I'm into it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we don't actually have an interviewee for today, but we're going to switch up our format a little bit just to, uh, you know, be fresh and current. So we're going to do a sort of informal chat about an art topic. Um, And today we'll be talking about uh, makeup art and how it's become recognised as an art form. Um, other things going on in the women's workshop are um, not a lot, if I'm quite honest, but uh, we still love you all. Uh, we do <laughs> have a competition going on, which we've literally had going on for about... Three? Huh? Longer than that. Longer than that? I think it's been going about a month and a half. Yeah. Pushing two months even, maybe. Yeah, we've both been uh, quite quiet uh, just because we've both been working full time, but we are still very committed to the cause and producing content. So um, yeah, if you want to enter our competition, it's about um, what does feminism mean to you as an artist? What does being a woman artist mean to you? It's very interpretive. Um, So if you want to enter, please do. Yeah. Prize is a commission from both of us, so like it is definitely worth entering because you know, get a little bit of money in there. And uh, we will be commissioning you to design our podcast logo because uh, we currently don't really have one. We sort of do, but we thought we'd love to like invest into the artists that we're supporting. So if you want to be supported, please enter the competition. We would love to see your work. Yeah, absolutely. And from this point, I just say we dive straight on into our quick fire chat of the evening. Oh yeah, let's let's go. Do you want to start? Yes, I shall start. So um, the reason I thought this topic was quite interesting is just because I've seen a lot more attention given to uh, makeup artists in the last kind of five years, I guess. I mean, rightly so. I absolutely love makeup art. But I think I was just thinking it's not really been considered like a proper professional art form until maybe like the maybe like the last 10 years. But I feel like in the last five years, it's just become a lot more popular, like on social media, on TV. What do you think? Yeah, I think that until like definitely the last five years, um, makeup artists were really seen as artists. They were seen as just people that were good at makeup. And I feel like pop culture definitely has something to play with that. Stuff like um, the makeup shows like Glow Up, um, RuPaul's Drag Race's inferior makeup show. Um, and then you've got also like TikTok and the rise of like YouTube um, influencers has definitely like sort of made makeup artistry an actual thing. Yeah, definitely. I think, because I think there's like a difference between, well, there's a massive difference between like being really good at makeup, you know, knowing kind of all the basics, like how to contour, um, kind of simple going out or everyday makeup, and then proper like outrageous 
fashion art interpretive stuff like i saw some crazy stuff on uh, glow up which is amazing and i would definitely recommend because i've binged all of them um but it's sort of the blending of um even like prosthetics and like conceptual ideas and turning makeup into almost like sculptural in a way yeah i i, I totally agree with that for anybody who knows me personally knows I love the old special effects horror makeup stuff. Um, there's a YouTube channel, uh, I've forgotten what she's called. I want to say she's called Glamour and Gore. And she does sort of like this amazing like glamour makeup and then literally two videos later it'd be her like, oh, I'm going to paint myself, uh, I'm going to put a cam through my head or I'm going to paint myself as Venom and it's just amazing. I just, I love makeup like that that really it's just something you not you do not expect to see like prosthetics even is such a skill because um even stuff like doing makeup for movie and tv like um doing like gore cuts etc like um knowing how to like age scars so it looks like all the main characters have like scars down their face like i just think it's very interesting how it's become I don't know what I'm saying. Sort of lost my trail of thought there. I feel like I was going to say something. No, but I totally agree with you saying that it, it's not just it's not just makeup at that point. It, it, it is like a science and an art. It's not just putting on some eyeliner for going to the for going for cocktails. It's like yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's skilled. It's actually like um, somebody's taken time to actually like learn it and not just sort of dashed it on there. Yeah, and it like it tells a story as well. Like so many makeup now has a concept behind it. Like even if it's just like crazy, like you just focus on the eyes and you turn them into something amazing or you do optical illusions. Like there's always like a concept or a story behind it. Um, and I think it has become a lot more commercialized, but I mean that in the good sense in that it's gotten a lot more popularity and it's gotten more respected in a way because I think it's always just been seen as like something you throw on on a night out or something but now it's really like people will put on a full face of makeup just to take a picture so that that is part of their portfolio for their makeup artist career. Yeah and I feel like um, our old friend social media is sort of genesis of that with YouTube coming through and getting people showing like the amazing art and like lifting up so many um, previously unknown people like they're both problematic but Jeffree Star and James Charles sort of started it. I hate them both but they are sort of responsible for makeup being considered more of an art form now and I also think like it wasn't considered an art form before because we hate, society hates stuff that teenage girls loves. Yeah. Like look at how Twilight was absolutely bullied when it first came out because it was built for teenage girls. And now it's sort of had a sort of renaissance because we realize it's not as bad as we thought it was. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Twilight is, okay. I fucking love Twilight. I've seen it a billion times and I love it. I think the plot is great, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a good film. 
Oh, I'm talking about the books. Oh, right, okay. Oh, I have problematic. They're problematic as hell, but they're not poorly written. No, I've never read the books, actually. I'm just a uh, basic white girl who watches the movies. <laughs> but no, I think that's so interesting, actually. I think we've talked about this before, about everything that teenage girls love being seen, like not being taken seriously. Um, especially with regards to like, um, even like music and stuff, like all things that teenage girls consider to be like good music is just considered trash. Yeah, well, look at the way that K-pop is treated in in some sectors of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's by no means the worst type of music, and some of it's very, very good, but some middle-aged men on the internet are very angry about the fact that girls like K-pop. Like, why can't everyone just chill the fuck out? People can just like what they like, regardless of gender or age. Like. Just like what you fucking like, okay? I still like Avril Lavigne. I think she's a fucking icon of the 2000s and I still listen to her music sometimes. So yeah. fuck all the haters. Exactly. Anyway, circling back to the, the makeup thing. Um, I think what's like really hard for some makeup artists is especially with the rise of TikTok because TikTok is so big now. I mean, if I think back to like the beginning of lockdown, like last year, like, I don't remember TikTok being that big of a thing before lockdown. Like I know it was, and it certainly was more in like America and China, but I think over here, it's massive like rise was definitely due to lockdown. Before lockdown, TikTok was just like children dancing and people trying to recreate Vine. But now in this sort of internet age, digital age, like to, on steroids because we weren't allowed to go outside and it's become so much more and now there's a different makeup challenge or trend every three seconds i do actually like i genuinely do love tiktok like i don't care what they say it's very it's a really good source of entertainment and one of the reasons a lot of people don't like it and probably rightly so is because it takes a lot of your data which is why there's been a lot of like controversy about it but having said that, I do sort of think if you're on the internet and you're on social media, they have all your data anyway. Like if you're hiding from the law, you don't want to be on TikTok or social media in general. But um, like the, the reason why you get such good content on TikTok is because it gets to know you really, really quickly. And then it shows you all the content it knows you will love. And that's why people get addicted to it because every single piece of content, like the thousands of endless videos are all curated to exactly what you like. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, follow the Women's Workshop on TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, um... Yeah, we haven't quite become TikTok famous yet. I remember like, what's really funny about TikTok is you see so many people getting TikTok famous, like, you know, from like really unexpected videos, like someone will be crying about a breakup they've had, or someone will have like made a cake and be like, I just want someone to look at this cake that I put all this hard work into because it's truly my passion and it blows up. And then I'll post a video on TikTok, like, you know, mimicking the style of these other people who have blown up. Like, I know that no one's probably interested in this and I'm not expecting this to go viral, but, and then it, would, it wouldn't it would go viral. It would get like 10 likes and I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, well, 
the, the biggest like blow up on TikTok we had was the uh, video of you um, explaining that you nearly cooked an omelette in lime cordial. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, um, TikTok does like its comedy, and uh, unfortunately, my life is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, like with regards to makeup artists, I see so much incredible makeup art on TikTok. But the people I feel really sorry for, oh, this was before I went on tangent, is, you know, people will spend hours and hours and hours and hours like doing their makeup, like in this incredible optical illusion or prosthetics or whatever they're doing. And they'll do it in line with like a TikTok trend. And some people will blow up, but there's so many other makeup artists who are just like lost on that and like just don't get the attention they deserve, especially for so much effort and time and talent that goes into something. Oh, 100%. There's so many people like, I find that most makeup artists that blow up on TikTok are usually drag queens. Yeah. Because there's a transformation element and people are really impressed by that. Um, but yeah, there's so many like amazing makeup artists that are flying under the radar. When we go into our like sort of makeshift Hall of Fame section, I might mention a few that I'm uh, friends with. Um, to be fair, I don't think I, I know any famous tiktokers off by hand like i literally just know them by scrolling but this is what's really sad because i'll think of a video that i really liked and then i just won't be able to find it because i literally follow about three thousand people on tiktok <laughs> none of the people i'm going to mention are tiktokers i i think i don't know if they've got tiktoks i just know them personally <laughs> um another really big trend i mean this wasn't meant to be a chat about tiktok but talk about it anyway because why not um impressions have become such a massive thing on tiktok um you know like doing impressions especially with harry potter harry potter's fucking massive on tiktok at the moment have you seen like all the harry potter tiktoks no because i have harry potter as one of my like blocked phrases because of jk rowling yeah mm, let's not get into that no, I don't want to get into it, but I do still love Harry Potter. But I do hear the fans argue that, like, Harry Potter has become its own thing. So she can't claim it to be hers. I mean, she only wrote the book, so she can't, yeah. you know. It's all a whole death of the author argument, which I just can't be asked having with anybody. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, there's so many impressions on that. Um, I've seen um, there's a girl that does an impression of Jennifer Coolidge and holy shit, it's Perfect. Oh, I think I've seen seen her. There's some of them though. There's this one girl. I'll have to give you send you her handle later. But she can literally do every impression like of anything. Like she can do all the characters from Shrek. She like perfectly. She can do uh, Friends characters. She can do all the Disney princesses and sing the Disney songs in the perfect exact voice of the Disney characters. And I'm literally like, you know, when you look at someone and you're like, how the fuck does your mouth do that? Like I literally don't understand. I can't do any impression this is my voice i can't do any other voice if i try I've, I've got three impressions that i can do and you'll probably only know one of them okay go on it's the muppet show yay oh. it's kermit oh, the frog that's um oh, i really can't think of who that is was that jennifer coolidge <laughs> no it was kermit the frog you dick yeah no i know i'm taking the piss 
Oh, I wish I could do impressions. I'm literally just, I just can't do any other voice. Like if I try, I just sound ridiculous. And I end up like, if I tried to do an Irish accent or something, I just end up sounding like French or Spanish. And then it just morphed into a mishmash of all these accents, which I can't do very well. So it's very sad. Jesus. But um, anyway, shall we um, segue to our Hall of Fame section? Yeah, why not? Cool. So the Hall of Fame is going to work a bit differently than it normally does. Like normally we'd ask our artists and then the artists would um, uh, induct somebody into the Hall of Fame, whether the artist likes it or not. They're going in the Hall of Fame. So um, this this time it's just going to be, I think me and Ella are going to throw a few names in the air, talk about why we like them, and then we'll both pick one each to go into the Hall of Fame. Do you want yeah. to start or am I going to start? Um, did we have to choose makeup artists, artists or? I feel like that would be the most intelligent thing to do with this thing being about makeup artists. Right, of course. Right, you go first then. So I'm going to mention uh, somebody I know personally who's called Danielle Alexandra um, Redding. She's a fantastic makeup artist based in Yorkshire. Um, absolutely bloody brilliant. Like she did this thing about the uh, fear of holes where she did like 3D holes in her face and it was absolutely amazing. Um, I'll pop her Instagram handle in the description of the podcast when I mention her. Uh-huh. Um, I also want to mention the drag queen Trixie Mattel, aka Brian Fricus, who is got the most unique makeup in all of drag ever. But um, for the Hall of Fame, it has to be uh, somebody that I love very, very dearly. Um, it's going to be former podcast guest, Bipolar Abdul. Excellent choices. Yeah. So I have one artist for the Hall of Fame, and that is my um, incredible friend, Stella Kiselyova. Uh, she's known as at Sissy That Luke on Instagram. Um, we'll um, put, actually, I'll just spell it out for you. It's S I S S Y that, and then L E W K. If you don't know how to spell that, I'm sorry, but that's your problem. Um, well, You'll be able to find it on our Instagram. You'll be able to find her because we have shared her previously. Um, she is an incredible makeup artist. She actually doesn't do it um, full time. She just does it for fun. But she does like the quirkiest, cutest, like channeling early 2000s type of makeup. And she has the best color coordination of anyone I've ever met. Like she'll do these incredible like pastel colors. She loves her pastels with like little flowers and gems and it's just absolute perfection. And then she'll like match it to her earrings, her outfit. And she's just generally, she's just a fucking queen. She's amazing. And she does so many different looks and they're looks that you would wear every day, but not for the everyday person. If you know what I mean, unique looks for the everyday. Yeah, I also want to quickly mention another friend of mine, Tabby Coleman, who is a dancer and a earring maker, but also does like special effects makeup and does all their own makeup when they dance in. I just want to give a little mention to them. So, um, well done for getting into our Hall of Fame, all you beautiful people. Um, 
you are all very talented and we look forward to sharing more of your work in the future. So. We don't really have a big question. Yeah, Because the big question is the entire podcast. So should we just keep talking, keep talking about a little bit more about like makeup artists? Yeah. Yes, go on. <laughs> so like, like we said before, like social media is probably the biggest thing and it has led to stuff like Glow Up um, being as big as it is. Um, I know the first winner of Glow Up very like semi-personally. Well, I say that. Wait, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, let me just remember who it was. Was it Ellis? Yeah. Oh my God, no way. Yeah. Um, <gasps> so Ellis, when I worked in the viaduct, Ellis is from Yorkshire and would come in now and again. Oh my God, that's so cool. So, yeah, so I do know Ellis, sort of, a little bit. Um, but, like, I also think the makeup artistry is so, like, prevalent now because of, um, there's lots of queer makeup artists and queer acceptance has become a big thing. Yeah, definitely. Yes, so on Glow Up, <laughs> um, they started bringing in pronouns when they uh, interviewed each of the uh, competitors, competition entries, um, because there were a lot more non-binary artists coming into um, the competition. Actually, I would say Glow Up is actually a really good advocate for um, LGBT artists because um, there were so, they had um, trans artists, non-binary artists. Um. So yeah, the, the inclusion, like, and not just inclusion, but like normalization within that show is really cool, especially since it's coming from the BBC who are shit bags. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think as well though, it has become um, a massive part of the LGBTQ community and um, makeup artistry, just possibly because it's very expressive and also partly because it's sort of like, as you said, a lot of, interest in makeup art did come from the drag scene yeah definitely like a lot of the um makeup artists that i know are because of working in gay bars are drag queens and i mentioned drag queen before and i think that like because of the especially i think the transformative element of it has sort of made it made drag makeup such a uh, huge thing online like the tiktok challenges where they'll do like there's a bit of a song where i'm singing as a man boom camera cut now i'm all lady oh yeah i know I, I love those um i always think with those like both like both genders of that person are so attractive <laughs> yeah i do want to talk about one thing though which really fucking pisses me off what and it's people like making themselves ugly um like with makeup and like drawing fake spots and like intentionally like having scruffy eyebrows and like yellowing out their teeth and then going oh transformation look how beautiful i am because it it's so annoying what i've not seen that anywhere i see it I a lot such yeah. i see it a lot on instagram reels what that, that seems like kind of like it's taking the piss out of like normal skin yeah and like if you were somebody that was in that position you, you just feel i don't like it 
I really don't like it. Yeah. It just makes me uncomfortable. I think there's like a lot of things like that. I mean, the only thing I will say about like TikTok and stuff is in a way, I don't think you would want to be TikTok famous just because like you will get so much shit for stuff. And because I do think some people are like unaware of what certain things mean when they do things and put it online. Like for example, um, and this is going off on a tangent, but it's fine. That's what chats are all for. Um, I've seen loads of TikToks recently with um, girls going on nights out um, and dressing up as air quotes chavs. And okay, I people genuinely do not know what this word means. Like most people don't. And I didn't up until the age of about 11 or something. No, no probably a bit younger than that. Maybe like 10, because I used to say it and I didn't really know what it meant. And then my parents explained it to me. A chav literally stands for council housed and deprived. Wait, no, council housed and violent. Yeah, yeah. that's it. it, it it's, it's so weird another thing that tiktok has done there's um there was a my little pony um parody series called friendship is witchcraft mm-hmm. which mentioned a slur for the romani people quite a lot the one that begins with g you all know it um and uh, put it in they used to do songs the creator has come out and said i did not know it was a slur when i made it now i do do not use these songs in anything but there are kids on TikTok lip syncing to this song that has slurs in it. This is the thing. I I do think like, you know, obviously it's wrong, but I do think some people just genuinely don't know like the power of the words that they're using. But I think the problem is with like the chav word is like they're going on chav nights out. They're putting their hair in high ponytails and putting on loads of fake tan and making like big lips and wearing like, you know, sweatpants and stuff. And basically the whole point is that they're these like trashy, violent, mouthy people. But that word is literally saying that everyone from working, the working class culture is violent and trashy. That's literally what it means. And people like, I don't think people understand that. I think they've got this idea in their head of like, it's just this funny joke, but actually it's the most classist word and the most classist way to look at like society it's just every time I see it it, get, it makes me so annoyed but I honestly think people don't know what it means like I told a couple of my friends the other day like because they used the word and I was like do you know what that word means and I told them and they were genuinely like shocked they were like I had no idea it meant that yeah people think it's just a colloquialism but it's really not it's it is a it is a Tory weapon I think yeah that's the thing I think there is still in our society such a class divide like I think it's just maybe more subtle now than it used to be but there are so many little things that people say and do that are so classist um I'm trying to think of an example now and I'm going to uh fail if you're a sociologist and you're listening phone in like yeah write us a little message and uh, we'll get we'll tell us like about all of this because we were actually quite interested yeah um but oh yes okay i can think of an example and feel free to disagree with me but i do think sometimes people who have been raised like middle class or upper class um judge other people for voting the way that they do whatever way they vote like say they vote conservative and i don't vote conservative just making that clear i'm very left-wing but 
I think that some people who vote conservative who have been brought up in say like a working class household um make that choice because of the way they've grown up and I'm not necessarily saying you know like I don't agree with a lot of conservative policies but I do think it's a little bit if you've grown up in a middle class or upper class household and you look down on someone for voting conservative I just feel like it's a little bit judgmental because you sort of had everything in life and you've sort of got the freedom to I don't know if this is making sense vote the way you want but I feel like judging people for voting that way or not wanting to engage with people who vote that way I just think I personally think with politics and this is my honest to god opinion I'm very left-wing very liberal but I do think everyone's entitled to their own opinion and some people's opinions are dicks not saying like racist homophobes all that they can all fuck off but people who vote you know conservative for example I don't necessarily think about people yeah, I, I kind of halfway agree with you. There's definitely there's freedom of cho- freedom of con- choice does not mean freedom of consequences. You can believe what you want, but I can still think you're a cunt. No, no, I agree with that. And then, and let me keep going. Sorry, um, I I don't like the um, sort of like without without one side of a part. Uh, the political spectrum the other side would be completely useless so, and i don't so i understand what you're saying and i also don't like the use of the word tory as an insult because just because somebody disagrees with you the left wing like is so but especially in leeds fuck yeah. me out of this if you disagree with somebody who votes labor and they're a student in leeds you're a tory i'm like no i'm i yeah. agree I vote green. I'm definitely not a fucking Tory. Oh my God, that's the exact same thing that happened to me. So one of my friends, who will remain nameless, but I was very annoyed when they did this. Um, So it was like voting day. And it was the first time I got to vote, actually. It was in Leeds. And I voted green because I don't really like Labour and I don't really like Conservative. And to be honest, everyone in fucking politics is a dick. (laughs) But so I voted green because I agree with their policies. You know, they're the nicest of the bunch, I think. And like, I, I said to my friend, I was like, um, they were like, oh, who did you vote for? And I was like, oh, I don't really want to like, I don't really want to get into it. And they were like, oh my God, did you vote Tory? And I was like, no, I voted Green. And then they told me that was a waste of a vote. I was like, I'm sorry, we don't live in a two party state. I can vote however the fuck I want to vote. If we lived in a two party state, I would vote, vote for one of the two parties. But until that day, I have the choice. Yeah, well, being Welsh, I have, reservations about Labour because Welsh Labour are just oh, a red mm-hmm. but so I don't vote for Labour and I definitely won't be, be voting for Labour if Keir Starmer's the leader because he is um, as useful as a cock flavoured lollipop to quote the film Dodgeball <laughs> and, and he's shown absolutely no backbone on the transphobia within his party with the racism and the same thing with anti-Semitism, he's shown no backbone about it. He wants to please everybody and is in turn pleasing fucking nobody. So I definitely won't be voting for Labour then. And the Green Party sort of, same thing with transphobia. There's a little bit of turfism in the Green Party, but they have a trans uh, leader and they are, um, they sort of stand for making sure the planet that we live on doesn't die. And I'm quite partial to being alive. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the thing that people are, people have always said it's a waste of a vote. But I'm like, because everyone thinks that way, people don't vote for them because people tell them it's a waste of a vote. If everyone who thought it, who didn't think it was a waste of a vote voted that way, they would be a lot more influential. Yeah, lots of people have said to me if I if I knew that I would vote green if they'd win, and I'm like, well, maybe if you voted, they'd be more likely to win. Yeah, exactly. I just, oh yeah. I mean, I find I find politics very. Um, I mean, technically, you know, most things in society are political, but we, I do find politics political. Uh huh. As a feminist organisation, we are political inherently. Yes. No, I agree. But having said that, I do find politics very tiring and very depressing. Like only because. Oh, I was really, really into like labor at one point. Like this was like, I can't remember, quite a few years ago. And um, I don't know, there's just so much shit that goes on, you know, like you sort of are quite rooting for someone's policies and then they change the leader and they're a fucking arsehole. And then you go and look at someone else and then someone else turns into an arsehole or they get a new arsehole. It's like fucking hell. And sometimes it does just make you lose hope a little bit because you're like, what is the fucking point? What is your opinion on whether the fact that Boris Johnson is an idiot or he's disguising himself as an idiot to do his evil deeds? I, I think he's not disguising himself as an idiot, but he's just, he's um, playing up to the bumbling um, Brit stereotype. And yeah, I think that idiots, I think he's a very intelligent man, pretend, yeah, pretending to be a bit of a moron. Oh God, I just can't stand it. I just literally can't watch him on TV. I think as well, because of like everything that's gone on this year and because he's literally been on TV like every single day. Oh my God, I cannot, I cannot listen to him anymore. Even the announcements towards the end, I can't even watch the announcements anymore. I'll put it on. I will literally like read the headlines, like what's happening? Are we coming out of lockdown? Are we going into lockdown? What the fuck is happening? Once I've got the info, he's off. I don't want to listen to him being like, oh, but um, um, I'm not quite sure about the, um, um, well, the figures, but oh, oh no, we don't know that. Oh, um, 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 I'm handing over to my, uh, shut the fuck up, Boris. I've, I'm going to admit something now. I haven't watched a single one of his uh, announcements. Good for you. It's fucking painful. I've just seen the aftermath on Twitter. Oh my God, it's so painful. It's like, oh, just get like get your words out. And sometimes it's like, have you seen the thick of it? Yeah. It's literally like that. Sometimes I'll be watching him, I'll be like, did, did, you, did you just roll out of bed and turn up to this meeting and just wing it? Because I think most of the time he must just be winging it. I'm like, you cannot be that clueless about everything. Like you must, just, you must have you want to hear something head. absolutely shocking. Yeah. The UK always. has a pandemic control, uh, pandemic control protocol, which Singapore used during COVID nineteen. Singapore is now basically COVID nineteen free because they followed Great British um, pandemic control protocol. You know what Great Britain did? Didn't follow that. Yeah. Well. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get into COVID just because it's fucking depressing and we have to watch it on the news every single day anyway. But having said that, I will just say quickly about Singapore. Yeah, no, uh, my mum's friend went to Singapore because his son and family lives there. So he went to live with them like during lockdown. And he said it was like that really good because basically he had to like quarantine obviously when he got there for like two weeks or something. But then um, 
you could like go out and about and everything, but like everyone wore masks, everyone socially distanced. Like they were very strict on following like protocol. And yeah, as a result have turned out okay. Yeah. Anyway, fuck that, can't be bothered with that. And um, yeah, I think we've strayed quite far from the makeup. I'm not actually 100% sure how we went from makeup to TikTok to impressions, to TikTok again, and then to politics, but it's been interesting. It's been a ride, and honestly, I think our listeners expect nothing less than <laughs> tangents galore. Um, but anyway, move, just we'll just move straight into our outro, I think. Um, yeah. We hope you enjoyed our little uh, impromptu chat. We've decided we're gonna do like an in-depth interview every other week, uh, cause we love our interviewees and getting to know lots of different artists, but we just thought it might be fun to mix it up a bit. Just do like an impromptu half an hour, 40 minute chat and just, you know, chat shit because who doesn't like listening to two girls chatting shit? Yeah. Um, we will probably open the floor to uh, people joining in on us chatting shit. But um, but we're doing this as well because it gives us a little bit longer to find guests for the podcast um, as well. So let's just move into like where we can find everybody. Right. So you can find us at the women's underscore workshop on Instagram. That's our biggest platform. We're also on TikTok and Twitter, but just come to us on Instagram because that's where the party's at. Um, if you do want to be a podcast interviewee, either because um, you want to be interviewed about your artwork, uh, please just send us a DM. Um, you can also send it to at Immy Midi. That's Immy over here. Um, and also, if you just do want to come on and chat shit, have an informal discussion, we'll have a loose topic. As you can see, the topic today was very loose as we have leapt to quite a few different realms. But if you want to come join us, please just get in touch. Yeah, um, other things to quickly touch on. Um, you found this podcast somehow. So if you're on Spotify, give us a like, give us a save, follow, follow the thing, share it with your friends like all that stuff if you're on youtube same thing leave a comment like even dislike just for the engagement we don't really care all publicity is good publicity exactly bring on the trolls yeah, except not that many trolls just you know oh, we've, had a few trolls. Trolls. we've had a few porn bots in our comment section oh you always get the porn bots honestly i don't know how instagram will fucking ban a photo for having a nipple in it which is hidden under a top but they'll let fucking porn bots spam you constantly but that's a digression for a different day yes um, yeah so um and at the end of the youtube videos you'll be able to find our instagram and twitter handles on there as well so there is absolutely no excuse so we hope you enjoyed listening today and tune in uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, oh yeah, we're going on a break next week because I'm moving house. I'm yes, sorry. and I'm going on holiday. So um, yeah, you'll have to live without us for one week. I don't know how you'll survive, but good luck. Oh, you can go back and listen to the other podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Have a binge. Why not? <laughs> and from that point, we are saying goodbye. So see you yes. soon. Yes. And-